Where the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for... Wait a minute, folks. You ain't heard nothing yet. Hello, Al Jolson speaking. Al, this is Ken Carpenter at the Kraft Music Hall. You're supposed to be over here. Ladies and gentlemen, the Railroad Hour. Benny, the two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. It's 2019. Welcome to another episode of the Bing Crosby Show and the Al Jolson Show and Gordon McRae's Railroad Hour. Some excellent guests today. First, we have on Bing Crosby's show two different folks starring with him. One is singer Kay Starr, who... I put her um, one of her songs on my Christmas album this year that we I create Christmas albums for a lot of friends of our family and things. All of us pick out like uh, five songs each from my family, and uh, that was one of the ones I picked was one of her songs, and she just does a beautiful job. She has a great voice. Uh, besides her, Bob Burns is also on the Bing Crosby Show, and Bob Burns is just such an interesting person to read about. Um, when he was getting his break in radio, he came in, prepared 10 minutes to do an uh, audition, and they asked him to do 30 minutes. Well, then he just filled with just sort of banter, things that came off of his top of his head, and they didn't like the 10 minutes of work that he'd uh, prepared, but they liked his loose style and wanted to continue with that so they kept on going with with that and and hired him and he was in radio for many many years now at this point of this show uh, most everything you read says he retired in 1947 well this is 1949 so this is a couple years after that so this is like at the very very end of his public persona of this character he plays of this Bob Burns character, and you'll find that the Bob Burns character is very similar. Um, Bob Burns passed away in 1956, but very quickly thereafter, in 58, Andy Griffith kind of picks up this character in a way and uses him on the Andy Griffith show that becomes famous. But if you listen to Bob Burns and Andy Griffith, it's a very similar style of a southern character. That's very popular, and a lot of people have have done uh, this character to various effect. Um, it's, I guess, it would be similar to folks that are doing a, a Jewish persona that you get in so many, uh, whether it's Mr. Kitzel or Schlepperman or Mrs. Nussbaum. There are certain characters that folks can adopt or play that just play well and just the public loves them and, and more than one person can take on that sort of persona or that flair. 
Anyway, besides that, the other thing he's known for is he had an instrument that he created called the that he called the bazooka. And this instrument, essentially, if you think of those horns that you see in state fairs, um, where you go and you blow into it and it makes a sound, well, he took that kind of idea, but then added a sliding piece to it so that you could make um, various uh, tonal changes to get it to be um, higher or lower. And so you could actually play songs on this. And this instrument he created, kind of like a trombone sort of works, is how it would work. And you can look it up on YouTube and it'll show you how he played this. But that's not the biggest thing, but he would take it around and do on his guest appearances on radio shows and things. He would play it certainly early on. Um, But then when we went to war, in World War II, and they had this giant uh, handheld rocket launcher um, that had a long name, like Repercussion something or other, and uh, the men just started to come up with a nickname for it, and they called because it looked similar to the instrument he played. They called it the bazooka, and it became known as the bazooka, and that's what we know it as today. And that's where it got its start was from Bob Burns having this instrument called the bazooka that looked a little similar to that. And then, of course, the bazooka bubblegum came after the war, so all of that ties in probably to Bob Burns's bazooka. Now, besides Bob Burns, we also then go into Craft Music Hall with Al Jolson, of course, and his guest is Joan Davis, and Joan Davis started starring in B-movies for years and years and years in the 30s and the 40s and so forth, uh, but then she started to appear on radio shows. She was originally on Frankie Valley's radio show and uh, appeared on that radio show until uh, he left the show and then it became kind of co-hosted by her and uh, was called the Seal Test Village Store. Then uh, later on she got she went to a lot of different radio shows that she did. Uh, eventually she would do a, re- uh, do a television show which really got the the yes because I Love Lucy was so big and they wanted something else that they could uh, recreate something similar and that's where we got I Mary Joan from uh, Jim Backus who would later play um, the rich Mr. Howell on the Gilligan's Island shows was her cast as her husband and the show ran for three years but at the end she started to have some heart troubles and the and the ratings started to fall a little bit and so uh, they canceled the show. It became huge in syndication. And then, uh, unfortunately, in 1961, she passed away from a heart attack. Um, but here you have a wonderful performance that's just a little bit before she really gets launched into television, but already had had a long, successful career. Uh, after that, we have Gordon McRae's Railroad Hour with his guest Groucho Marx who could get a better evening than this and all these shows have wonderful sound 
I'm very happy with the sound this week of the shows and uh, just the quality of the guest stars. Just every once in a while, everything just kind of aligns really, really well, and that's what happened this time. But I'll tell you what, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the shows. I hope you're going to enjoy them. Uh, they're remodeling my house somewhat with the uh, the water damage that had been done, so you might hear some banging and clanging as we record these intros, but I hope you'll forgive me for that. And also, sometimes um, we had the whole network down for a day or more, and so it, to get it back up, it was a pain. So some of these shows are going to be are going to lag and um, not be brought to you on the normal right day, but hopefully we'll get that worked out in the next few weeks. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the shows. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for me. Welcome to you to Fillmore Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Codlin's Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guests, old friend Bob Burns, and new friend Kay Starr. That's what I like about radio. You meet so many nice people. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, here's the man who had his tonsils removed last week by Dr. Groucho Marx. <laughs> How do you feel, Mr. Crosby? I've been sick. Oh, no. You're looking fine now, if I may say so. Please do. I had quite a time with my tonsils, though, Ken. Well, a lot of people have trouble with them. Even Al Jolson. I understand Jolie had a touch of tonsillitis last week. Oh, no, Ken. Jolson didn't have tonsillitis. His tonsils had Jolsonitis. <laughs> Jolsonitis? Yeah, that's a rare tropical disease you catch around money. <laughs> Boy, you boys sure get away with a mild form of humor here, don't you? <laughs> we just keep pitching, keep yeah. trying. But I don't want people taking me for Oscar Levant here. Maybe I better bust, bust into song. You're going to huh? bust alone or with somebody? No, I thought I might bust with the rhythm airs. They're coming alongside now, and if my nose knows, I believe I detect just a touch of platine on the girl's ears. Now shall I burst into pretty baby? John Scott, we are ready. What's platine? I just Everybody loves a baby, that's why I'm in love with you Pretty baby, pretty baby And I'd like to be your sister, brother, dad, mother too Pretty baby, pretty baby Won't you come and let me rock you in my cradle of love and we'll cuddle all the time Oh, I want to love and baby And it might as well be you Pretty baby of mine Everybody loves a baby That's why I'm in love with you Pretty baby, pretty baby And I'd like to be your sister, brother, dad and mother too Pretty baby Everybody loves a baby, that's why I'm in love with you. Pretty baby, pretty baby, 
And I'd like to be your sister, brother, dad, and mother too. Pretty baby, pretty baby, won't you come and let me rock you in my cradle of love? And we'll cuddle all the time. Oh, I want a loving baby, and it might as well be you. Pretty baby. Pretty baby. Pretty baby of mine. Too high. Too high. <laughs> Nice, Bing, and boys and girls. Well, we're very glad to hear that you liked it, Ken. What's uh, what's cooking with you now? Well, Bing, although uh, Valentine's Day has passed, I've written a belated Valentine to the Philco 1405. Isn't that sweet? Mm -hmm. A Valentine to the world's greatest radio phonograph, huh? How does it go? That's well, like this. <clears throat> Point. Point. Oh, 1405, oh, 1405, I'd marry you if you were alive. Wait a minute. Well, this is a <laughs> Valentine. you got to be romantic, haven't okay. you? I guess so. I love your cabinet, I love your dials, and your long-playing records that go on for miles. <laughs> Sitting there on the table so sweet, if you had legs, you could dangle your feet. Oh, 1405, my heart speaks. It's trying to ask you to be my valentine. <laughs> valentine, whatever is that? That's poetic license. Well, I'm revoking your license immediately. <laughs> While I'm about it, I'm, I'm going to take away your hunting license and your driving license. But, Bing, then I won't be able to drive down to my Philco dealer and hunt for those wonderful bargains. Dear boy, you don't have to hunt for the bargains at your Philco dealers. They're right there for all to see. Yes. Talk. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bing, I just got the word about a brand new bargain. Folks, have you heard? For the next couple of weeks, you can save $31.40 cold cash at your Philco dealer on a sensational new offer. Now, listen to this. Without paying one dime extra, you get a record library of 40, that's right, 40 different selections on non-breakable long-playing records, plus a matching mahogany table when you buy the world's finest table radio phonograph, the famous Philco 1405. Now, how's that for a valentine? You got the greatest tone and performance you ever heard from a table automatic phonograph. You got a matching mahogany table, you got a record library of 40 long playing record selections, and you pocket a saving of $31.40 on the combination. Now that's important money, so what are you waiting for? Get yours now at your Philco dealer and get the listening thrill of your life from Philco, the leader. Melody from La Belle, France. Lyric from 42nd and Broadway. Decca number 24508, just for the record. Let the raindrops fall, la 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 la. I don't mind at all, la 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 la. When I get your call, la 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 la. There's a bluebird singing in my heart. Let the clouds hang low over the trees. Let the winds that blow go where they please When you're near I hear melody start There's a bluebird singing in my heart I want to dance in the street And say to people I meet She's mine, all mine I want to shout to the sun And say come out to the sun it's time to shine So 
when things go wrong, la 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 la. I still have my song, la 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 la. Since she came along, la 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 la. There's a bluebird singing in my heart. Let the raindrops fall. I get your call, la 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 la. There's a bluebird singing in my heart. Let the clouds hang low over the trees. Let the winds that blow go where they please. When you're near, I hear melody start. There's a bluebird singing in my heart. I wanna dance in the street and say to people I meet, she's mine, oh mine. I wanna shout to the sun and say, come out to the sun, it's time to shine. So when things go wrong, la 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 la, I still have my song, la 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 la. Since you came along, la 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 la, there's a bluebird singing in my heart. good singing now because it's time to greet Kay Starr. We've been trying to snag Kay for several weeks, but she's been at the inauguration and she's off on her honeymoon and then she's visiting her folks in Memphis, generally on the go. We finally cornered her and here she is, the elusive, chantusive Kay Starr. How you been? While you're present here, Kay gives me an opportunity to offer my congratulations on the happy event of recent dates. Thank my you best very wishes. much. Thank you. You know, Kay, you're the first bride we've had on the program in some time. I'm surprised that Ken Carpenter hasn't written a poem about oh, you. Oh, I have written a poem about Why it. Why do I open my big fat kisses, Kay, in my mouth? May I open mine? Not now, Ken. Kay's going to sing your selection, Kay. How about the tune So Tired? Oh, that's a fine tune, written by the old coal miner, Russ Morgan, along that's with Jack Stewart. John Scott, I'm sure you have So Tired on the racks there, which assist Miss Starr with some proper... Offering some support musically, thank you. <laughs> so tired of waiting for you, so tired of longing for you, tired of waiting, saving my love. you call me, call me tonight, my dear. Tell me that your thoughts are all of me, sweetheart. All day long I wonder why we're far I'm tired. 
It's a great pleasure to welcome an old friend to frolic with us on this half hour of fumadiddles. Let's roll out the plush carpet for Van Buren, Arkansas's ambassador to the San Fernando Valley, Mr. Bob Burns. Robert? The ambassador. Hello, Bing. Well, it's good to see you again, Robin, and how you been? Wonderful, Bing. I feel fit as a tiddly and ready to wink. Look, I... <laughs> Tell me, Bing, how's everything going on the old craft music hall? Hold on, Robin. We... <laughs> Boy's been under a rock or something. We're not selling Kraft cheese anymore. We're on for Philco. But, Bing, I don't understand. I listen to the Kraft Music Hall every week, and I still hear Ken Carpenter talking and you singing. Robin Carpenter's still with him, but for the past two years, the singing you heard was Al Jolson. Well, I'll be doggone. All the time I've been telling my wife you're getting better. Oh. <laughs> I've been holding out some of my best licks for television, just basically. You know, Bing, it's funny. You and I have left the old music hall, but Ken's still with them. Well, talent will out, you know. Well, hello, Ken. Hiya, Bob. Say, Ken, you're still with Kraft and your own Philco. How can you be loyal to both sponsors? Oh, it's easy, Bob. You see, when I look at television on my Philco, I peek at it through a hole in a piece of Swiss cheese. <laughs> And if the hole is small enough, Bob, you only have to look at one wrestler at a time. Boy, this sure is some reunion being with you two fellas. It's like old times. We, we used to be the three musketeers. Oh, wait a minute. What about John Scott Trotter? He used to be with us, too. In those days, we had six musketeers. <laughs> well, how are you, John? Just fine, Robin. Say, you're sure looking good, too. Say, John, you put on a lot of weight. You ought to see me through a piece of Swiss cheese. <laughs> It's just like two wrestlers. Anyhow, Robin, you must feel right at home, though, back with the old gang in front of a microphone, huh? No, tell you the truth, Bing, I don't. No? This business has kind of got beyond me. I just don't understand radio anymore. Hmm, that's funny. You mean the old racket has you baffled? Yeah, I'm all confused, Bing. For instance, all that fuss they made because Jack Benny went off of one of the networks. Yeah? Look at me. I'm off all the networks. <laughs> I haven't heard a word about it. <laughs> But, Robin, how are your relatives getting by these days? Well, Bing, since I got off the radio, my kinfolks ain't been eating so high up on the hog. <laughs> you know, they still ain't working. No? I, I know they're not working. I don't know done. what in the world they'd do if it wasn't for my industrious uncle. That's my Uncle Fudd. Uncle Fudd? <laughs> if it wasn't for his unemployment insurance, they'd starve to death. <laughs> Well, he must be a real go-getter. Yeah, he goes and gets it every week. <laughs> I can just see him there, lying oh. down in line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he says, roll me over and put it in my pocket. 
a glutton for it. Of course, you know, Bing, uh, money's always been a problem in the Burns family. On account of Papa, I guess. Uh-huh. Papa just, he just loved to gamble. You know, when I was a little boy in my crib, I remember, I still remember Papa down on his knees yelling, come on, Dice, baby needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> Would you believe me, Bing, I never did get them shoes till I got old enough to fade him. <laughs> No, you're rolling pretty good here tonight. Are you sure we couldn't coax you out of retirement? After all, I have the responsibility of running a ranch, and I find a little time for radio. What responsibility? You're a dude rancher with a lot of hired help. Oh, no, you're so wrong. The kids and I fenced in 40 acres last summer. Gary fenced the south side, Lynn the north, and the twins, Dennis and Philip, fenced the other two sides. Well, why should you be taking bows, Bing? What are you responsible for? Gary, Lynn, Dennis, and Philip. <laughs> I was... I was consulting engineer on the fence job. Someone has to handle those technical problems, you know. Bing, I hate to tell you this, but boy, you're a dude. I'm no dude. I saw them fancy towels hanging in your bathroom marked his and hers. <laughs> what do you got hanging in your bathroom? A potato sack marked to whom it may concern. <laughs> I want to tell you, if you're going to live on a ranch, you should learn to rough oh, it. Oh, that roughing, that's all right. That can be overdone, too. You can still bring a ranch a little up to date, you know. Now, you're talking just like my wife. I wanted to keep the old-fashioned, the place old-fashioned, and back to my own trouble again. <laughs> Can't read. <laughs> you know? I wanted to keep the place old-fashioned, and she wanted the place modernized. We finally reached a compromise, though. How? I let her have her indirect lighting, and she let me keep my indirect plumbing. <laughs> Sounds like an eccentric compromise to me about <laughs> Well, there's no explaining a woman, Bing. If you want indirect lighting, you just got to let them have it. But it sure is tough to read a catalog, Bible. <laughs> well, anyway, Bob, I understand you're one of the leading cattle and poultry men in the San Fernando Valley since you've retired and got out there and well, pitching. Yes, yes, I was, I was. But my dairy production's in a critical state now, What's Bing. The well, that's what I come to see you about. How can I help? Well, I'll tell you, Bing, science has found that music got a great effect on animals. Yes, All over the country, it's used to increase farm I've production. I've heard of that. It's got to be quite a thing, yeah. Yes, sir. Well, I've tried different kinds of music, but the thing that really helped my animals is a record you made years ago. Well. <laughs> what old platter of mine is such a smash on the farm, Robin? Just a gigolo. Oh, <laughs> Just a gigolo. I made that back in 1928. That's the one. That's mm-hmm. what I played that record so much, I wore it plumb out, and I can't replace it. Well, must you have that same record? Well, Bing, you know what Sinatra does to Bobby Soxers? Yeah? That's what you do to Macau's. <laughs> do you mean I'm the Carl Brisson of the bovine set? <laughs> huh? Bing, when I played that record, them cows were so content they even joined in. Huh? While you was boo-boo-booing, they was moo-moo-moo-mooing. <laughs> Good, I like group singing Yes <laughs> Yes, sir, Bing Thanks to that record of yours But cows gave more milk Than any other cows in Canoga Park Well, now, that's a big compliment That really is And I feel good around it But, Robin, I'll bet anybody else's singing Would do just as well No, sir, no, sir I tried Sinatra And? Skim milk Oh, well. <laughs> Well, any cow that wouldn't give for Sinatra is just dogging it. <laughs> I want to tell you, Bing, I tried them all. Yeah. Perry Como, yeah. just a drip or two. Yeah. Carmen, uh, Carmen Lombardo, nothing. <laughs> empty, empty. 
But when I played your record, Bing, yeah? can't get the buckets under there fast enough. <laughs> oh, what a picture that'd make when I'm singing White Christmas, huh? <laughs> really send them, huh, Robin? Bing, you're their boy. They're just crazy about you, especially my pet Guernsey, Bessie. Bessie, huh? Mm-hmm. Bessie just rolls her eyes around. Bing, when you sing, uh, her, her eyes light up uh, like a pinball machine. Uh... <laughs> and you finish that and you're champion. Let me see. <laughs> Wait, let's start over. <laughs> her eyes roll you're around like a, a pinball machine and her tongue lights up. <laughs> I tell you, that's right flattering. Bob, are you on the level about this whole thing, though? Do you, do you mean to say that after all these years of serenading, my biggest appeal is to cows? Oh, no, no, Bings. The, the bulls like you, too. <laughs> you know, boy, that's the whole key to your success. Men don't resent you. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder why. But it ain't just the cows and bulls, Bing. That voice of yours even got an effect on my chicken. Oh, you're kidding. The last chicken my voice affected was Constance Talmadge. <laughs> Bing, I want to tell you, it would have done your heart good to see them chickens, how they reacted to your crooning. Yeah? Eggs is coming out two and three at a time. <laughs> I tell you, those chickens were laying billiard shots. No. <laughs> oh, now, Rob. No fooling, Bing. If I can't replace that record, production at my ranch will be at a standstill. Well, why does it have to be an old record? Why don't you try some of my new Decca releases? Bing, I've tried all your latest records, but it just ain't the same with them animals. You mean they want the old Crosby? No, I'm looking at the old Crosby. They want the young Crosby. Well, even before you came over here, Bob, you knew that record was out of existence. Now, what can I do to help? Well, I kind of thought maybe you'd come out the ranch and sing to my animals in person. Hmm, that sounds like a date Brother Everett would book. <laughs> but, Bing, if you knew how those animals loved you, the reception you get, while you're singing, cows giving milk, chickens laying eggs, honestly, they appreciate you more than people. I take this audience right here. Just look at them. What do they do when you sing? Bob, please. They just sit now, Bob, there. here. Well, it's the truth. I, Robin, will I, I you get please? to see one of them. Now, now, Bob, take, take that lady over Bob, there. Bob, now you win. Well, you win. Okay, okay. I'll do the song for you just as I did back in 28. Our technicians will record it and your problem will be solved. Well, that's awful nice of you, Bing, but I really promised them animals I'd bring you out in person. Oh, don't worry. I'll say something personal on the record, something real chummy, huh? Get, get your bazooka and we're gone. Ready? Wait a minute. He's, he's unleashing this instrument of uh, torture. Oh, just a gigolo. <laughs> Everywhere I go. People know the part I'm playing. Paid for every dance. Selling each... Selling each romance. Every night, some heart betraying There will come a day Youth will pass away Have you tried the breath or later? When the end comes, I know They'll say just a gigolo As life goes on
lovely thing in Bob. Hurt? No. <laughs> that uh, that reminds me, they're playing a beautiful new tune on the cash register at our Philco dealers right now. And all you folks listening got a great break in the chorus. It's the big hit number that says, save $31.40 on the most sensational radio phonograph offer of 1949. Here's how the words go. Don't pay a dime for a matching mahogany table valued at $20. Don't pay a dime for a complete record library of 40 different selections on non-breakable long-playing records. Just treat yourself to the world's greatest value in an automatic table radio phonograph, the famous Philco 1405, and your dealer will include the matching table and the long-playing record library at no extra charge. Now, brother, here's a bargain in anybody's book, a clear saving of $31.40. Say it with music on your Philco dealer's cash register now. And remember, thanks to the resources of the world's largest radio manufacturer, you can always be sure of getting the greatest values first from Philco, famous for quality the world over. A traditional Irish ballad now, with a few uh, changes in the original lyric to suit a general audience. If you ever go across the sea to Ireland, then maybe at the closing of your day You will sit and watch the moon rise over Clada And watch the sun go down on Galway Bay And the strangers came and tried to teach us their way they scorned us just for being what we are But they might as well go chasing after rainbows Or light a penny candle from the stars And if there's gonna be a life hereafter And somehow I'm sure there's gonna be I will ask my God to let me make my heaven In that dear land across the eye That about gets it for now. My thanks to Bob Burns and K-Star for joining us tonight. Bing, I sure did enjoy my visit. Me too, Bob. Say, do you suppose Bessie, your cow, was listening to the program tonight? Bing, if she lives a thousand years, she'll never forget to thank me for having you make that record. Now, wait a minute, Bob. Now that this thing is all over, really, you can't tell me that you understand that animals really want. Oh, Bing, I don't know how you can... That's just because you're not a farmer well, at heart. You really can figure... Anybody, that... honestly, Bing, I, I never told you this... But anybody that loves their animals and lives with them, like I do my hogs, <laughs> you, you get so you can understand what they're talking about. I was out in the hog barn the other day, yeah. and I heard two old sows talking through the fence to each other. 
One of them says, have you seen your boyfriend lately? Week, Bing. Okay, next week, Abe Burroughs and Peggy Lee climb aboard. Say, I heard that operetta that you did with Abe and Peggy a few weeks back, and boy, I'm telling you, it was a riot. Well, I'm sure glad you liked it, and Abe and Peggy will be back with us next week. Be sure and hear that one, too, huh, William? We're going to do another operetta, you know. But now, before shoving off, I would like to salute the Boy Scouts of America and their fine program of character building and training for good citizenship. Right now, there's a great need for the training of boys and young men, and the Boy Scouts certainly accomplish this end. Thanks very much, folks, and good night. Thanks, you. This program was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Tune in to Philco Radio Time next week and hear Bing Crosby, John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Conlon's Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guests, Abe Burroughs and Peggy Lee. And remember, keep your eye on your Philco dealer now for the greatest values in radio phonographs from Philco, the leader. Carpenter welcoming you to the Music Hall, starring Al Jolson with Oscar Levant and Lou Brings Orchestra and Al's guests. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song. Whenever April a One of the uh, most famous stories about Washington is the one where he chopped down a cherry tree, and when he told his father the truth, he wasn't punished. Well, I happen to know differently. No, I'm not that old. Now, wait a minute now. <laughs> yes, sir, he told his father the truth, he wasn't punished, and I said a minute ago, I happen to know differently. George's father spanked him so hard that 30 years later, when he crossed to Delaware, he had to stand up in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Now, here's a song that uh, George Washington never heard, and that ain't my fault. Because no matter what people say, I wasn't there to sing it. Okay, Lou, let's have it. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime girl. Send me a kiss by wire. Honey, my heart's on fire. If you refuse me, honey, you lose me, then I'll be left alone. Oh, baby, telephone and tell me I'm your own. Hello. Hello. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. 
Hello, my ragtime gal. Send me a kiss by wire. Honey, my heart's on fire. If you refuse me, honey, you lose me. Then I'll be left alone. Oh, baby, telephone and tell me I'm your own. You know something, Al? What? The, what, way, what? the way you sang that song, I detected a certain little personal note in it. Were you singing it to any special girl? Sure I was, Ken. Oh. My wife. Oh, that's wonderful, Al. <laughs> but, you know, it's a strange thing. Uh, this is funny. You, there's hardly a day that we can't pick up a paper or a magazine and read something about your career, yet with all that's written, uh, very little is said about your home life. Well, that's the way I want it, Ken. Things about my home life are too intimate, too personal to spread about. Besides... It's all in my next picture. <laughs> but, Al, I think people are very interested in what you're doing when you're not working. For instance, in the evening after dinner, what do you do? Well, same as any other man can. I sit in the living room and I play with my two babies. Two babies? I thought you had only one. Well, the other one is my wife. <laughs> That's awful sweet, Al, but I'm serious. I mean, well, for example, do you have any hobbies? Hobbies? I, 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 I don't know if you'd call it a hobby, Ken, but about one night a week... I listen to my own records. You do? Yeah, funny thing. Funny thing, really. This is very peculiar. It always seems to be the night my wife goes to visit her mother. I can't understand it, really. I know. I know. You mean you listen all alone? No, the baby listens, too. Yeah. But he gets a little annoying. While my mind is on the singing, he sits there licking the shellac off the records. <laughs> doesn't it bother the child? Hmm? Doesn't it bother the child? Well, it doesn't seem to hurt him. But, but you should hear how I sound without shellac <laughs> Well, Al, all I can say is That sounds like the unvarnished truth <laughs> Ken, do me a favor yeah. Save that for the Crosby show, oh. will you? Okay, but I'm about singing a song right now While I stand here and marvel at my ability To worship two singers in one week Go ahead <laughs> All right, the song is I Only Have Eyes for You and, Ken, you don't have to listen, because it's only for girls from 21 to 66. <laughs> Are the stars out tonight? I don't know if it's cloudy or bright, because I only have eyes. For you, dear The moon may be high But I can't see a thing in the sky Cause I only have eyes For you I don't know if we're in a garden Or on a crowded avenue You are here, so am I Maybe millions of people pass by But they all disappear From you oh.
know, Al? Hearing you and Ken talk made me think how happy you must be to look back on such a successful life. Well, yes, Oscar, it does make me happy. But with all the success, I did have one disappointment in my life that I never got over. Gee, Al, what was it? Well, when I was a little boy, I never had a fairy godmother. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Your boyhood isn't over yet. <laughs> It's, uh, it's not a joke, Oscar. You see, all the other kids used to imagine they saw fairy godmothers, magic princesses. But I never saw any. That's right. Most kids have all sorts of imaginary playmates. Sort of like a Barnaby's Mr. O'Malley. Why, even when I was a small boy, I had a little friend that no one else could see. Really? Tell me about him, Oscar, will you please? His name was Bobo. Bobo. He was a little man, only two inches high, except when he wore elevator shoes. <laughs> Then he was three inches. He lived inside my piano, and whenever I sat down to play, he pushed the keys up and down. Oh, that's wonderful, Oscar. Please tell me, what happened to him? Well, he made too many mistakes, so the people at Carnegie Hall made me get rid of him. <laughs> you must have been lonesome after he left, Oscar. Oh, no, I had another imaginary friend. He was a little teeny fellow who lived in our clothes closet and ate holes in the moths. <laughs> Now you're kidding me, Oscar. All right. If you want to feel that way about it, go play your piano. Okay. Are you ready, Bobo? Fine. Bobo has requested the second Gershwin prelude. Gee, maybe after Oscar leaves, I'll take a look in that piano. <laughs>
was silly of me to confide in Oscar about not ever having a fairy godmother. He'll tell other people and they'll just laugh at me. Probably think I'm, <laughs> probably think I'm crazy. <laughs> Grown-ups sometimes forget how much a fairy godmother can mean to a lonesome little boy. Yolson. What? What? Who? Who are you? I'm your fairy godmother. <laughs> My fairy godmother? You really are? Yes, I really are. See, here are my wings. Look at the label on them. Gotham Ear Wings by Lockheed. <laughs> and here's my magic wand. No, wait, that's not my wand. That's my nose. Ah, <laughs> uh, here's my wand. But, Fairy Godmother, you look exactly like Joan Davis. Oh, stop flattering me. <laughs> Why, Joan Davis is far prettier than I am. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. She's breathtaking. <laughs> this chance comes once in a lifetime. I may as well make the most of it. <laughs> But fairy godmother, why have you come so late? I wanted a fairy godmother when I was a little boy. Well, now, don't be hurt, Asa. But I heard when you were a little boy, the fairy godmother said they wouldn't touch you with a ten-foot wand. <laughs> I don't believe it. Besides, how would you know what I was like when I was a little boy? My fairy god-grandmother told me. <laughs> Gee, if only I had a fairy godmother... When I was a little <laughs> Well, Asa, when you were really little You did have a fairy godmother yes. You don't remember, but she was with you Until you were four years old Until I was four years old mm -hmm. But why did she leave me? That was the year you started to sing <laughs> It wasn't fair to me I was a lonely boy And when I went on my first vaudeville trip I needed company so much Oh, but Asa, you couldn't have had a fairy godmother with you then Why? Why, you would have had the hotel manager knocking on your door and shouting, get that fairy godmother out of your room. <laughs> <laughs> Don't explain it to him. Don't explain it. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. I guess I should be grateful that you're here now. Tell me, fairy godmother, where do you come from? I come from the land of make-believe. Gosh, Willikers. What do they do in the land of make-believe? Oh, they work in the factory all day making believe. <laughs> yeah, 1948 was a record year. We turned out three million believes. <laughs> with white wall liars. But what are you doing your spare tire? Uh, I mean, I... Uh, what are you... <laughs> what you are you doing... I know. <laughs> what are you doing your spare time, fairy godmother? Oh, I've been going steady with a fairy godfather. <laughs> well, I, I guess there's nothing better in the whole world than being a fairy godmother. Oh, don't kid yourself. It isn't easy. For one thing, I just hate these wings. Oh, but your wings are beautiful. Why should you hate them? I have to sleep on my stomach. <laughs> and if I turn over, I end up three feet in the air. <laughs> But I thought in the land of make-believe, everyone was happy. Oh, you're so naive, son. Why, son, why, uh... <laughs> <laughs> why, you know, 
We don't even have beds, we fairy godmothers. No. No. At night, we fairy godmothers wrap ourselves up in the petals of a rose. Petals of a rose. I don't like sleeping in flowers. Last week, I got watered twice and vigor rode three times. <laughs> and tell me, tell me, fairy godmother. Huh? Is it true that at sunrise, a little elf wakes you up and you wash yourself with sparkling dewdrops? Tell me, is it true? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And if you think it's easy, just try balancing yourself on a blade of grass and taking a bath in a dewdrop. <laughs> What's even worse is breakfast. Every morning we sit down to a great big bowl of dandelion fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> it's the breakfast food of champion fairy godmothers. <laughs> and at six o'clock we line up for inspection. This morning I got two demerits for having leftover wishes on my magic wand. Oh, speaking of wishes, that's why I always wanted a fairy godmother. Just so she could make my wishes come true. Okay, go ahead. Make a wish to yourself and I'll make it come true. You made your wish? Yeah, but it didn't come true. What'd you wish? I wish you'd turn into Ava Gardner. <laughs> I've worn out ten magic wands wishing the same thing myself. <laughs> I'll, I'll make another wish now. Oh, no. One wish is all you can have. But Sorry. fairy godmothers always gave three wishes. Where are my other two? Larry Parks used them. <laughs> What, what did he wish for? Well, first he wished he could play Al Jolson yeah. Second, he wished he could stop playing Al Jolson <laughs> Please, please, fairy godmother Give me one more wish Hey, Al, what's going on here? Oscar, look Can you see her? This is my fairy godmother She finally appeared after all these years Yeah, I think she appeared through the crack in your head <laughs> Oscar, don't talk that way to her yeah, be careful or I'll have to clap you with my wand I don't believe you're a fairy godmother For instance, did you ever take a girl who wanted to be a princess And make her wish come true? Did I? How do you think Rita Hayworth got where she is now? <laughs> Oscar, Oscar, how can you doubt that this beautiful creature is a fairy godmother? Look at that sweet face The delicate features <laughs> The golden hair cascading down to her ears Her voice Her voice so soft, so gentle So ethereal Listen to her Speak, fairy godmother You want to wrestle? <laughs> On television, she's known as Gorgeous George Oscar, go away This is no place for unbelievers This whole thing's ridiculous, fairy godmothers If you want me, Al I'll be in the piano Talking to Bobo <laughs> well, I have to leave too, Asa I have a long way to go And besides, I have to walk Walk? Walk? But you're a fairy godmother Why don't you fly? I can't I don't dare Why not? I've been grounded for flying low Over Gregory Peck's swimming pool <laughs> <laughs> But fairy godmother... Fairy godmother She's gone Now nobody will believe that she really was here You know folks, a few moments ago I was in a daydream But I'm not daydreaming now when I sing the beautiful lyrics of this song
What you're playing now is a song I used to do when I first started in vaudeville. I was wearing knee breeches and a Buster Brown collar. And I'd stand up in the balcony and sing. I heard all about it. My father was a fellow sitting behind you who kept yelling, Sit down! <laughs> nice crack. Never mind that, Oscar. Just keep playing. It's a funny thing. I've been kidded about singing songs that are 20 and 30 years old. Some even older. But you notice a lot of them come back and make the hit parade. Songs like Peg of My Heart, Say It Isn't So, Down Among the Sheltering Palms. So when I do one of those, I'm not just singing an old song. I'm introducing a new one. Who knows? Maybe this oldie that you're playing will put Paul Dresser's banks on the Wabash right on the hit parade. Oh, the moonlight's fair tonight. Along the Wabash From the fields there comes a breath Of new moon hair Through the sycamore the candlelights Are gleaming On the banks of the Wabash Far away 
Oscar, this time of evening, there's a lot of little babies being tucked into their cribs. Right about now, they're tired and sleepy. I understand exactly how they feel. But Al, I understand exactly how they feel. <laughs> but Al, it's three hours later in the East The babies are all asleep Well, let their parents wake them up and tuck them in again Nobody's going to make a liar out of me, okay? <laughs> now, this song I have now is a lullaby That mothers have been crooning their babies to sleep with Ever since I can remember Oscar, please do me a favor I think you know the song Please play Mighty Like a Rose Sweetest little fella Everybody knows Don't know what I call him But he's mighty like a rose Looking at his mammy With eyes so shiny blue Make you think that heaven is a coming close to you when he saw us sleeping in his little place think I see the angels looking through the lace when the dark is falling when the shadows creep then I sneaks on tiptoe to kiss him in his sleep. Sweet as little fella, everybody knows. Don't know what I call him, but he's mighty like a rose. Looking at his mammy With eyes so shiny blue Make you think that heaven Is a-coming close to you Al, Al, you sang that beautifully. If there's a single baby awake anywhere, he ought to be ashamed of himself. Thank you, Oscar. <laughs> Do you think your piano can handle another tune? Sure, Al. How about a song about a girl? You know, in the old days at the Winter Garden, when you sang about a girl, I used to turn around, look up in the balcony, and watch the faces of all the girls light up. That was one of the few theaters where they allowed smoking in the balcony. <laughs> Oscar, there are a lot of songs about girls. And one they'll never stop singing is another one of Paul Dresser's. It's called... I wonder what's become of Sally. I wonder what's become of Sally. That old girl of mine. The sun shines missing from our alley Ever since the day Sally went away 
matter what she is, wherever she may be. If no one wants her now, please send her back to me. I'd always welcome her to my soul. That old girl of mine. Good night, everybody. Our guest next week, the Andrews. <laughs> The Al Jolson Show was released for listeners in the United States by NBC, the National Broadcasting Company, and rebroadcast to our men and women overseas by the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. Ladies and gentlemen, the Railroad Hour. And here comes our star-studded show train. Tonight, the Association of American Railroads presents the George Gershwin musical, Lady Be Good, starring Groucho Marx. And your host, Gordon McRae. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is arranged and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Yes, tonight another great musical success is brought to you by the American Railroads. The same railroads that also bring you most of the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and all the other things you use in your daily life. And now here is Gordon McRae. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. On stage tonight is that famous Gershwin hit, Lady Be Good. In the leading role of tonight's production, we are delighted to have the one and only Groucho Marx, who plays the role of T. Watterson Watkins, a lawyer of, shall we say, easy conscience. I'm Dick Trevor, 
a writer whose huge collection of rejection slips has finally gotten my sister Susie and me into a little tangle with the law. And it is charged that you, Richard Trevor, and your sister Susan Trevor, did forcibly resist an officer when he attempted to dislodge you from your apartment for non-payment of rent. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? I guess we're guilty, Your Honor. Guilty? I hereby sentence you to 90 days or $1,000 fine. $1,000? We don't have $1,000. We, we couldn't even pay our rent. You won't have to worry about rent for the next 90 days. Next case. I'll make it cozy here, Dick. I'll put chintz on the windows to hide the bars, and your desk and typewriter can go... Out the window. Oh, Susie, I'm through with my typewriter, and I'm through with that novel. I've had enough. Oh, Dick, you mustn't talk that way. It's a great book, and you've got to finish it. Gee, Susie, you're a, you're a swell sister. You're a swell brother, Dick. And we'll be fine as long as we've got each other to hang on to. Trouble may hound us, shadows surround us... Never mind, my dear. Don't be downhearted when we get started. They will disappear. Just listen to brother while we've each other. There's no need to fear. For like Hansel and Gretel, we will prove our metal If you hang on to me May I hang on to you We'll dance into the sunshine out of the rain Forever and a day Don't sigh We'll get long I'll try humming a and my soon we will hear the bluebird again That's right, hold tight We're on our way Me. I will hang on to you. We'll dance into the sunshine out of the rain. Uh, what's the use of kidding ourselves, Susie? There's only one answer to my problem. Josie Chilchester. Josie Chilchester? Why, Dick, you can't. She's nothing but a man trap. Seven husbands. And $10 million. But in the first place, you're in love with Shirley. Mm -hmm. Who, in the second place, can't marry me because her family objects to my finances in the third place. Oh, no. I know what I'm going to do when I get out of here. Hmm, you mean if. Where's that great lawyer of yours? I don't know. I, I think this was the morning he was getting Josie her divorce. I'll bet that's what detained him. So he's Josie Chilchester's lawyer, too. Mm -hmm. When there are women involved, he certainly gets around. Hey, look. 
I think that's Whitey coming now, down the corridor. It's him, all right. He's the only man I know who walks side saddle. Pardon me, are these the new offices of the Pyramid Club? <laughs> oh, there you are. Dick and Susie is my clients. I demand an explanation. What are you doing in jail? That's what we'd like to know. We tried to get you. We don't particularly like it here. You don't like it here. How do you think I like it? Think of my reputation. On second thought, better not think of it. <laughs> Jailer, open the cell door immediately. Certainly, Mr. Watkins. Uh, nice to see you again. Take it easy. This time I'm just visiting. <laughs> here you are. Step right in, Mr. Watkins. Thank you, Jailer. Uh, by the way, do you smoke? Why, yes, I do. Well, then cut down on it. You're not looking very well. <laughs> and while you're at it, you ought to get your brother out of this jail. My brother isn't in here. He isn't, eh? Well, I'm glad you're not your brother's keeper. Now, Dick, uh, tell me exactly what happened. We've been thrown in jail. I see. This is a simple case of habeas corpus capistrano. Hmm? <laughs> what does that mean? Birds have landed in the coop. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Can't you find a loophole somewhere? The last time I found a loophole for a client, they put him in it. <laughs> it was a hung jury. Squatty, how about getting us out of this? Well, what we need in a case like this is facts. What do you want to know? Where were you on the night of February 1st? What has that got to do with it? I don't know, but they always ask it on Mr. District Attorney. <laughs> and he doesn't know either. <laughs> I'm going to get you out of here. All I need is a little time. How much time? Mm, uh, how long are you in for? 90 days. That's about how long I need. <laughs> Waddy, I'm disappointed in you. You're not the man I thought you were. How did you find out? <laughs> I'm not the man I thought I was either. <laughs> but enough idle talk. How much was the fine? Maybe we can scrape it together between us. Oh, $1,000. Mm, that's quite a scrape. Now, uh, <laughs> let's see now. Uh, how much do you two have? $5.50. Okay, hand it over. Now, between the three of us, we've got... Uh, Exactly $5.50. <laughs> well, that's a start, anyway. A start? What are you going to do? Wait right here, and I'll be back in a couple of hours. This dough is going to grow fast. Five and a half bucks and the fourth on bigger over. <laughs> I don't know. It's over two hours, and Waddy's not back yet. Oh, you didn't really expect him. Dick, we might just as well get accustomed to jail. We're going to be in for a long, long time. Oh, Susie, will you stop nagging? I, I just can't take it from you. Listen to my tale of woe. It's terribly sad but true. All dressed up, no place to go. Each evening I'm awfully blue. I must win some, win some, miss. Can't go on like this. I could blossom out, I know. I found a girl like you So sweet and lovely Susie, be good Oh, Susie, be good to me Baby, be good to me I am so awfully misunderstood So, lady, be good to me I'm all alone in this big city 
I tell you, I'm just a lonesome babe in the wood. So, lady, be good to me. I love them tall or small But somehow they don't grow far They stagger but never fall Winter's gone, now it's spring, love Where's my steel? If somebody won't respond I'm going to end it all Oh, sweet and lovely lady, be good Oh, lady, lady, be good to me I'm all alone in this big city. I'm just a lonesome babe in the woods. Oh, lady, be good. He's so misunderstood. So, lady, be good to me. What's going on here? I leave you here and come back to find you in jail with an orchestra. <laughs> not, on, not only that, there are eight bars behind. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, how come you're still in jail? Simply because we've had you to help us. Well, the fact is you're out of jail right now. Oh, yes? These bars in front of us say we're not. Who are you going to believe, me or those crooked prison bars? Jailer, open the door and get my clients out of here. Be right there, Mr. Watkins. Waddy, you've actually done it. Oh, it was nothing, rally. <laughs> I used to go with Spencer Tracy, too, you know. <laughs> Waddy, you mean you went out and won $1,000 just now? Did she say something? Huh? <laughs> oh. Well, no, not exactly $1,000. Huh? <laughs> I'm sorry, but you'll have to talk louder here. <laughs> Well, well no, not exactly a thousand, huh? That's two thousand already, huh? <laughs> well, uh, if you didn't win a thousand, how much did you win? I lost five and a half dollars. <laughs> okay, there you are, folks. I don't understand, Waddy. How are we getting the money to get out of here? By a strange coincidence, the fine is being paid by another client of mine, Josie Chilchester. Josie? Incidentally, that female bluebeard is throwing a party tonight in your honor. I'm staying right here in jail. That woman would do anything to get a man. Well, I'm going, and I only hope I can think of some way to thank her. This kid's even more stupid than I think he is. <laughs> Wait a minute, Dick. Do you mean to say you're going to go and leave your sister all alone in jail? Yes. What are you going to do about it? I'll send my brother over. <laughs> in fact, I could send four of them over. Huh? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Hey, there's no point in crying. Huh? What? Who said that? I did. Who's I? I mean, who's you? I mean, where are you? Right in the next cell. And my name's Fred. Oh, you have an awfully nice voice, Fred. Thank you. What are you in for? Well, I was on my way home to Eastern Harbor from Mexico when I looked out of a freight car at the wrong time. <laughs> Eastern Harbor? Mm -hmm. I used to have a lot of friends up there when Dick and I had money. No, no money, no friends. I'm your friend, and don't you forget it. All right, Miss Trevor. 
Can't stay any longer. Your fine's been paid and you've got to get out. Oh, I can't even stay in jail. Come along, Miss Trevor. Oh, wait a minute. I have to say goodbye to my friend in the next cell. Hi. Oh, you're as nice looking as you sounded. It's funny, but even though we've just met, I hate to say goodbye. I know what you mean. So do I. Just before you go, I'd like to know if maybe now and then you'll give a thought to me. Yes, I think I can. In fact, I plan to keep you in a corner of my memory. It won't be hard to think of you each day. But I'm afraid when you are far away. Maybe you'll grow fond of something blind. No, that could never, never be. before you go? No, I'm sorry. You're just not the type. <laughs> Waddy, what are you doing back here? I don't know exactly. There must be a misprint in the script. Anyway, I wanted to make sure you got out. I may be getting out of here later, Susie. How can I find you again? Well, if we're not here tomorrow, try the corner grocery store. I'll be hanging around the tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Fred. I hope we meet again. That can't be Look, honey, I'm just a bum. So am I. Do you have any idea how many new freight cars have been put in service by the railroads since the end of the war? Well, the fact of the matter is that there are more than 240,000 of these new and improved freight cars now in use. By buying and building these new cars, the railroads are once more expressing their desire and determination to keep on improving their service and increasing their efficiency. And they're doing more. For the railroads are saying, and saying to the tune of a billion dollars in new cars alone, that they have faith in the future 
not only the future of the country, but also the future of the railroads, which are its indispensable servants. And now back to Groucho Marx and Lady Be Good and your host, Gordon McRae. Reginald? Uh, yes, Miss Chichester. This is a very special party tonight, and I want you to be sure that no glass remains empty. And that... Ah! Oh, something's moving under that hedge. <laughs> The grounds have just been exterminated, man. It can't be any form of low animal. Don't be too sure. Anyway, would you mind closing your trap? Oh, Waddy, what are you doing under that bush? Just got my ear to the ground, Josie, and let me tell you, it's pretty dirty. <laughs> Will you kindly tell me why you're hiding down there in the dark? Certainly, it's much easier to hide in the dark. <laughs> yes, but why were you hiding? Uh, I'm hiding from a Mexican client by the name of Estrada. He's hot-headed and he's an ex-bullfighter. Why is he angry? Claims I gave him a bum stare. <laughs> but enough talk about cattle. Let's talk about us. Or is that the same thing? Ah, <laughs> oh, Josie, your eyes shine like the pants of a blue serge suit. <laughs> and I love you. Oh, you're not after me. You're after my money. I'm after both of them. But at the moment, your money is away out in front. <laughs> and that goes for you, too. Oh, sweet and lovely, Josie, be good. Oh, Josie, be good to me. I'll put an end to your widowhood. So, Josie, be good to me. We this is like Peggy Lee and Bing Crosby. <laughs> they can sing. If you expect to be my hubby, on here you'll be a lonesome babe in the wood So what it be good to me This is tulip weather So let's put our tulips together I'll tell you why I'm just a lonesome babe in the wood So Josie be good belong to someone else. Well, you can keep your heart. I'll just take the leftovers. <laughs> oh, stop, stop, stop being so flippant. Now tell me, did you free Dick Trevor as I asked you? Of course I freed him. He'll be here any minute. But how can you think of other men when I stand before you? Josie, I think you're beautiful. Oh. And when I think you're beautiful, I'm still thinking of your money. <laughs> Marry me and make me the happiest man in the 90% tax bracket. <laughs> you could be a capital gain. You could jump to another network. <laughs> you could jump any place you want, as far as But I'm in love with Dick. Right, I am. Yes, right. Yeah, I am. Back with Tracy again. <laughs> That's why I bought the apartment house he lives in, and I had him thrown out. 
You see, if Dick has no place to live and no money, then perhaps he'll start seeing my charms. Josie, you're a woman of many sides and bulging out on all of them. <laughs> oh, there he is now. Oh, Dick. A Dicky boy. <laughs> it's Josie. Listen to it. The mating call of the Bank of America. <laughs> Tell me, what were you and Josie talking about out there in the garden? You know exactly what we were talking about, Susie, and it's all settled. My mind's made up. Oh, no, it's not made up. It's lost. How can we argue with that going on? Every place I go, I hear it. I know. I can't get it out of my head either. Well, we won't be able to argue sensibly till we get it out of our systems. Fascinating rhythm, you've got me on the go. Fascinating rhythm, I'm all a quiver. What a mess you're making The neighbors want to know Why I'm always shaking Just like a fiver Each morning I get up with the sun Start a hopping, never stopping To find at night no work has been done I know that once it didn't matter But now you're doing wrong When you start to patter I'm so unhappy Won't you take a day off Decide to run along Somewhere far away off And make it snappy how I long to be the man I used to be Fascinating rhythm, won't you stop picking on me? Fascinating rhythm, you've got them on the go Fascinating rhythm, they're all a winner What a mess you're making, you maybe on the neighbors Why you're always shaking, you're always shaking It's like a each morning I get up with the sun Start a hop and never stop To find at night no work has been done I know that once it didn't matter But now you're doing wrong When you start to patter I'm so unhappy Won't you take the day off Decide to run along Somewhere far away off And make it snappy Oh, how he longs to be The man he thinks that he used to be Fascinating rhythm. Now that we've got that out of the way, Dick, we can go on with our argument. I think you're... Susie, you're just wasting your breath. But if you marry that horse face, you'll be throwing away everything you've been working for. You'll be miserable. Well, I'd rather be miserable with ten million than without it. And that's final. And you'll hate yourself for doing it. You wild, impetuous, hot-headed fool. But I love you so. <laughs> Susie, I didn't know you cared. Oh, wow. Here I am, Susie. I wish I knew what to do. If I only could get some advice. Advice? Why, well, I'm only too glad to give you advice. Dr. Gillespie is here to help <laughs> What seems to be the trouble, my dear? Oh, Dick insists on getting Stuff married. Stop on the jaw. What's that? <laughs> Dick insists on getting married. Mm, married, eh? This is serious. Who does he insist on marrying? That woman. A woman, eh? This is more serious than I thought. <laughs> For a man to want to marry Josie, he'd have to stoop pretty low. He would, eh? Well, right now you're looking at the hunchback of Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, you're impossible. I'm going. And your Watkins. Did I hear someone call Lil' Bueller? <laughs> Listen, Senor Watkins. 
You agreed to collect the money for my sister from the estate of her late husband, Senor Fred Robinson. Hope that doesn't go off, huh? Well, where is it? Answer me that one big question. If I answer it, do I get a refrigerator? <laughs> Senor, I do not like the way you are acting. Frankly, I'm not wild about it myself, but it's a living. <laughs> I ask you once more, when we get this money? Well, the Robinson estate won't part with a cent until they see your sister alive. Oh, but my sister cannot leave Mexico. No? Because of some fool lawyer, she get five years in jail. <laughs> she got ten years, this guy'd be in hysterics. You know what I laugh at? No. This lawyer... Do you know la- what you laugh at? Why, sure. <laughs> this... Let's go on from there. All right, Senor Watkins, you make fun, but... This... Not very much, no. <laughs> Listen... Get on with your sister, will you? This lawyer who let my sister go to jail, he wind up in the soup. Become notch 17 on my gun. From soup to notch, eh? <laughs> well, everyone of his own taste. I am beginning to get mad. And when I start to get mad, I become wild bull. I want that money. What do you got to say? Answer I... me now, face to face. Have you looked at your compact lately? <laughs> Anyway, I don't know what you're all excited about. You'll get your money. Just remember about my fee. You will get yours, all right. I don't like the way you said that. <laughs> I'm talking about the $100,000. All right, I give you one more chance. But remember, when a man sells a strata horse and horse goes lame, I do not shoot the horse. No, you shoot the bull. Huh? <laughs> oh, have fair warning. Buenas noches, senor. This guy can't get his mind off notches. <laughs> He's just not happy, that's all. Let me get my ad lib in before we go. My goodness, what did that horrible man want? Nothing, just my dead body. (laughs) Say, Susie, looking at you and those dark blue eyes gives me an idea. Well, you can forget about that idea. No, this is something else, Susie. (laughs) Is there any reason why you can't pose as a Mexican female? What? Look, for just a few minutes' simple work, we'll split $100,000, 50-50. $20,000 for you and $80,000 for me. Here comes an old boxcar with flat wheels. Oh, I hope this isn't what I think it is. I want you all to know that Dickie Trevor and I are engaged to be married. That did it. Waddy, do you really think I can't impersonate a Mexican? Why don't you take off your coat and see if you feel chilly? (laughs) Senorita, we leave for Maine tomorrow. And you better practice up in the Stein song. Just a minute, what's going on Because we'll be living in the valley. (laughs) Susie, just what is it you're going to do? None of your business. Anyway, who are you to talk after all this? Listen, Susie, I'm glad I'm marrying Josie. She's promised to turn over a new leaf. A new leaf? She's big enough to turn over a new house. (laughs) She's certainly wearing the foundation. You're a fool, Dick Trevor, and I hate... Oh, there's that music again. Why is it they play that tune every time we're having a good fight? Six hours of rehearsal, and he still doesn't know why they play it. (laughs) Well, if he doesn't want to sing, I'll sing. Fascinating rhythm, you got me on the go. Fascinating rhythm, I'm all a quiver. Won't you take a day off, decide to run along somewhere far away off and make it snappy? Oh, how he longs to be the man he thinks that he used to be. Fascinating. 
fascinating rhythm. Won't you stop your breaking on me? A few minutes ago, we were talking about the new freight cars on the railroads. 240,000 of them since the end of the war. Well, that's enough to make a train stretching from Chicago to New York and back again. But underlying it all, there is the continuing need for investment in new and improved railroad plant and equipment. Such investment, for example, as the billion dollars which the railroads are putting into new freight cars. <laughs> The Railroad Hour show train will return in just a moment after a brief pause for station identification. You're listening to Same Time, Same Station, the best of old-time radio. And I'm your host, Jerry Hendigas. And now back to Groucho Marx and Lady Be Good and your host, Gordon McRae. Dickie boy, driving all the way up to Maine out of season is such a bore. But I have to find my sister Susie. Somebody heard her say she was coming here to the Eastern Harbor Hotel. Well, I'll expect you to meet me back in the lobby promptly at 7. I'll see you later, Dickie boy. Yes, sir. $10 million. I gotta keep saying that over to myself. $10 million. $10 million. Counting your pocket money already, Dick? Surely. Oh, surely. I've been wanting to see you, to talk to you, but I I didn't know where you were. Why? I came up here after I read about your engagement. Shirley, it was the only thing I could do. Susie and I were thrown out of the apartment. We, we owed everybody in town and your family... There's no but... reason for long explanations. I plan to get engaged, too. I, I just haven't decided which man yet. Oh, Shirley, not you. Of course me. You can't possibly care. I know I shouldn't, but I do. Oh, if you only knew... I've got the you don't know the half of it, dearie blue. The trouble is you have so many from whom to choose. If you should marry Tom, Dick, or Harry, life would be the bunk. I'd become a monk. I've got the, you don't know, the half of it, dearie blues. I've got the, you don't know, the half of it. Blue. Wait and see, you'll agree It's funny the trouble love can be Oh, how I wish you'd drop an anchor And end your Ever blue. since the day they met She has been playing hard to get I'm just a duffer Who has to suffer All the younger set Says your heart's to let I've got the you don't know The half of it, dearie, blue We've really got those ever-loving 
I'm sorry. That's the way it is, Dick. Terribly sorry. Shirley, wait a minute. I've got to talk to you. Waddy, I'm nervous all rigged up this way. And I've got goose pimples. That's just ducky. <laughs> now to find the trustee of the Robinson Estate, Rufus Park. Wait, I think that's him over there. I'll stay here. Uh, pardon me, uh, are you Rufus Park? I am. I thought I recognized you. You look just like your brother, Central Park. <laughs> yes, there's a strong family resemblance around the zoo. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, T. Watterson Watkins, here after a long, arduous trip from Mexico with the little widow of the late Fred Robinson. So let's you and I pull up a fiduciary and sit down. Good, I'm most anxious to get his estate of $4 billion settled. The poor boy died not knowing he was an heir. You've uh, brought all the papers and uh, et cetera with you? Mm, yes, I have. Here are the papers and the et cetera is standing right over there. <laughs> My, isn't she beautiful? <laughs> is she from northern Mexico? No, she's from central casting. <laughs> oh, Conchita! A seat, Senor Watkins. Uh, Motive and Fratman Midex. Can Platy snog him? Senor Rufus Parquez. Oh, he is so big and strong and handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Little lady, you must look at me as your friend and protector. I uh, don't speak Spanish, but I can do the Mexican hat dance. Oh, he's so big and strong and so very, very, very handsome. All right, Rufus, push your eyeballs back in and let's get down to business. <laughs> Here are the papers. What, I'll show you real Spanish, huh? Here are the papers. Papers to you. Oh, the papers. <laughs> now, according to this paper here, Joy Girl is ready to go with Santa Anita if it snows. <laughs> Mr. Watkins, that must be the wrong paper. Now that, now that I think of it, it's the wrong horse, too. <laughs> The, uh, the party of the first part is hereby declared that any of the foregoing notwithstanding, the party of the second part... Uh, just is... a minute. I'm confused. Glad to meet you, confused. I'm Watkins. Eh? <laughs> now, the party of the second part is hereby declared that the party of the third part, during which there is a brief pause for station identification and is not responsible for personal property unless checked by the management. No other statement can make this statement. <laughs> Mr. Watkins, is all this necessary? A good deal of it is. Don't forget, this is a 45-minute program. <laughs> I, all I have to do is look at her eyes. There's no question in my mind about the lady. Senorita, if you'll just step into my private office. Hold on, Park. That's an old device. I used to use it myself. <laughs> you wait here, Susie, and I'll go in. And if I'm not out in 30 minutes, send for Jack Armstrong. The All-American Boy! <laughs> oh... I'm counting the minutes till I get out of here. Susie! Fred! Oh, Susie, what are you doing up here in that Mexican outfit? Oh, well, I might as well tell you, Fred. I'm a... I'm a widow. A what? I'm a widow, and I'm Mexican. I'm here to collect the money from the estate of my late husband. He was an American named Fred Robinson. Fred who? Robinson. Fred Robinson. Well, here are the papers, all signed. Susie, let's take it on the lamb. No, let's take the train. Lamb is 65 cents a pound. <laughs> well, little lady, you've come into your rightful inheritance at Fred. Fred Robinson. Hello, Mr. Park. As you can see, I'm still alive. This is some plot, isn't it, huh? <laughs> Even I can figure this out. Huh? Well, what a day. Fred Robinson. 
Pardon me while I grab a fast boat to China. <laughs> Susie, darling, aren't you going to kiss your long-lost husband? But, Fred, uh, wh- what about the real Conchita? Oh, there isn't any real one. Estrada's the biggest crook in Mexico. He framed this whole thing, including reporting me dead. But if you'll come over here, I'll show you that I'm very much alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's alive. Susie, what's going on here? Oh, Dick, I'm going to be married. I'm going to marry Fred, and we'll all be able to get along fine. So you don't have to marry Josie. Gosh, I don't know what to say. What'll I tell Josie? Did I hear someone mention my name? <laughs> yes, Josie, you did. I can't marry you. You can't marry me? Well, I must say, this is most embarrassing. I demand to know why. Just a minute. As his lawyer, I'll, I'll have to answer that. But you're my lawyer. Well, as your lawyer, I accept his lawyer's explanation. <laughs> <laughs> what right have you to interfere this way? Every right, Josie. This thing is bigger than both of us. <laughs> And so are you. <laughs> Josie, don't let your money come in front of us. Marry me and I'll put it in back of me. <laughs> that goes for you, too. I'm so confused. I just don't know what to say. Eleven years at Tehachapi and she doesn't know what to say. <laughs> just say yes and then picture the two of us in a little vine-covered cottage with vines all around the door and little pigs in the yard. Pigs? Is that what we're going to have? Well, we'll start with pigs. <laughs> and next year, who knows? Well, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> oh, sweet and lovely, lady be good. Oh, lady be good to me. I've always been so misunderstood. So to me This is tulip weather So let's put two and two together I tell you I'm just a lonesome babe in the woods So let it be to me Ladies and gentlemen, Groucho Marx will be back in just a moment. Meanwhile, this is your host, Gordon McRae, giving a big vote of thanks to our excellent supporting cast, John Beale, Hope Emerson, Marion Colby, Alan Reed, Barbara Eiler, Eddie Fields, and Ken Harvey for their fine performances in Lady Be Good by Guy Bolton and Fred Thompson with lyrics by Ira Gershon and music by George Gershon, which was adapted for radio by Ed Tyler and Don Etlinger. And now before we close, Groucho, I, I just can't tell you how much we all enjoyed your performance tonight. You can, eh? Mm-mm. Well, we got a pretty strict sense on our program, too. <laughs> Frankly, though, Gordon, I've enjoyed being here, and I want to say that I certainly admire your courage. Admired my courage? What do you mean? Well, on my show, I only had to sell those little Elgin American compacts and cigarette cases. But imagine having to go out and sell railroads. <laughs> Tell me, are many people buying railroads these days? Now, <laughs> oh, Groucho, I don't have to sell railroads. All they make me do is use my voice. Your voice, eh? Mm-hmm. Now I know where I've heard it before. Between programs, yeah, they've got you calling trains at the Union Station. <laughs> Incidentally, Gordon, who's your guest next week? Marina Kosach, Grosso, and several of the stage cast in the first air performance of Song of Norway. Sounds like a swell show, and I'll be listening. Good night, Gordon. Good night, Groucho. And I'll be listening to your regular show on Wednesday nights over this very same network. All aboard! 
Well, it looks as though we're ready to pull out, and so until next week, goodbye. Lady Be Good has been presented by special arrangement with the Tams Whitmark Music Library. Gordon McRae appeared by arrangement with Warner Brothers. This is Marvin Miller speaking. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this time by 132 railroads of the United States. All of them work together through the Association of American Railroads for the improvement of all railroading and for better service to you. There goes our show train, but don't forget it'll be back next week with Song of Norway. And here's Carmen Dragon and the orchestra to play one of the hits from that operetta. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.